0: The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramanmedia.com.
1: What's up everyone? It is JDF, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's Morph Time! Do Saku Sentai! Pod Ranger!
0: Hello, listeners with Attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise.
1: In today's episode, we're discussing the comic book Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 25th anniversary special number one.
0: Listeners with attitude, are you f***ing happy? Because now you have a five-hour episode.
1: (laughs) Wow, kicking the show off with a dragon dagger. (laughs) You realize now they are trying to speak other episodes into existence <laughs> they're like yay you gave us five we want six we want
0: <laughs> we demand 10.
1: i ten. am grimlock
0: and i demand okay that's enough of that. what anyway
1: Th- that was <sighs> that was terrible because it's me grimlock oh, demand yeah, 10.
0: that's right that's right that's right that's right me grimlock, grimlock demand speak pigeon English. Episode. Right. 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 Oh boy. Yeah. That so <laughs> so screw you.
1: Uh so hey, I'm just I'm just borrowing a page from our friend Elijah Thomas's book, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I don't I
0: I I don't read It'll Whittle Had a Piddle or whatever preschool book he's reading right now. Uh Every, he's probably sitting on, he's probably sitting in his room right now, reading everybody poops. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: the sad thing, uh, the sad thing is he'll be 30 by the time he listens to this. This is true. He'll probably be retired
0: from film school or he'll probably be graduated <laughs> from film school by the time he actually, uh re- actually gets around to listening to this uh, because he refuses to listen to our show uh, until he has he actually he watched has-
1: Well, that until he's actually watched and he keeps saying, it's like, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. I'm too busy making podcasts. Well,
0: I'm too busy staying up till four in the morning making podcasts
1: to talk to my Australian friend who's obsessed with the ring. Why did we just turn Elijah into (laughs) Norg? (laughs) No,
0: it's not Norg. It's Eeyore. Remember? It's Eeyore. Eeyore. Eeyore Well,
1: okay. Yeah, but but your Norg is just happy Eeyore, okay?
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Actually, that's more Kermit. What did I do there? I
1: was kidding. That's That's like Scottish Kermit kermit or something there. Anyway, we're coming off the rails. We're talking about some more Boom Studios comics today. Let's transition away from the madness.
0: Oh, oh, yes. We are talking about Boom Studios comics. Yes, we are. Oh, Empress Rita. (laughs) Empress Rita.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's funny because you're not in any of these. (laughs)
0: This is yeah. This is true. This is true. In fact, that just reminds me. Sorry if you're listening to this uh, uh, show. I haven't sent my lines yet, and I
1: need to do that. You uh, suck. I know. You keep I promising know. and you don't do it. But anyway, we're. Uh, I know people are thinking, why are you only talking about one issue? It's and it's because this is a 25th anniversary comic, and. Mm-hmm. We're going to be pausing our comic book coverage because we've got thirtieth anniversary stuff to talk about, namely Once and Always, which also means you're going to get two Sentai episodes in a row. So prepare thyself. Prepare
0: (laughs) thyself. But before we get into the nitty gritty here of this comic book, uh, we actually do have some podcast feedback to read out because we're we're really terrible about reading our feedback, guys. We're so sorry. Um, so we're trying to play catch up because we've gotten a slew of emails and podcast reviews and just general like comments and feedback in our Power Rangers legacy Facebook group. So we are trying to catch up. So starting now, we will try our best to be a lot better about reading y'all's feedback because that's what we promised. So anyway. Uh, this week's feedback comes from, uh, our listener, Derek Strople If I'm saying your last name incorrectly, I am so sorry. Um, and it is an iTunes review. It is five stars. The title of the review is I love this show. Um, and the review reads, I picked a random episode to listen to and came across your time force episode. You guys do the work and it comes out great. Also, I also loved that someone has the same opinion of the Quantum Ranger as me. So I to be fair Derek, I don't remember exactly what we said about the Quantum Ranger outside of we liked the character. So
1: Nathan well, I, maybe I I, I gushed uh, I gushed over. That's, the Quantum right, that's Ranger. right. You
0: That's right. You were simping that you were simping over the uh, Quantum
1: Ranger. I, remember I was man crushing, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: true. That is true. So before this episode gets too far off the rails, Nathan it cue. isn't already. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Damn it. Regardless. Cue the epic rock music?
1: Boob Studio celebrates Power Rangers' silver anniversary with five more phenomenal stories. First, Rita transforms Scorpina's pet silkworm into an ugly dog as a Trojan horse to destroy the mighty Morphin Rangers. Then new Rangers Aisha and Adam try to prove themselves by completing one of Billy's formulas, only to get into literal big trouble with Goldar. Next, Udana travels into the Underworld to save her dead husband, Liamboe, but she must battle a mysterious knight guarding him. After this, the Mighty Morphin and Ninja Steel Rangers join forces, sorta, through interdimensional time travel shenanigans to destroy a horrifically powerful monster threatening the Earth. Finally, Garone confronts her sinful past as astronomer when she's abducted and put on trial, but her brother and fellow galaxy rangers will do whatever it takes to save her. So
0: okay, so the the first time I read, I have the uh, actual anniversary issue of this series. Uh, oh, you have the between, actual floppy. Yes, I have the actual floppy. Yeah, the I have the actual floppy. But, so well, 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 the one it. I have is the one I have is hardcover. But you get
1: the <laughs> you wait get wait, the wait point. no okay wait did you read it from the Beyond the Grid collection or do you have the actual original comic book?
0: I have the actual original comic book.
1: Okay. Okay, because I read it from the Beyond the Grid hardback collection. S- Big bad special edition collection. Right. Right.
0: So yeah, that's that's I read it exact I read it from the actual comic book, the, the original right. release. So,
1: so how how can you kind of gauge how long the actual issue is? I'm guessing about fifty pages. It's about fifty pages.
0: Yeah, it's about fifty, it's about 50 pages. 50 pages. These, it's a double because these these stories are very condensed, like, minisodes as, in terms right. of, like,
1: story. Right. It, it's a double-length issue, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, this kind of stuff is done a lot in comic books. They used to do stuff like this all the time, particularly Marvel and DC. They, uh, up until probably the 2000s, I would say, they were called mm-hmm. annuals. And they mm-hmm. would get their own individual numbering, which is why I think it's funny that this is anniversary special number one and there hasn't been a number two yet
0: <laughs> well this was the but, 25th this was the 25th so i'm a smate right. we might get something for the 30th
1: so who knows but why would it but it would be the 30th anniversary special not the 25th True. so right. the numbering would be silly but the, they were called annuals they would be twice as long and as the name would say they only put them out once a year and that's generally where they would do some some bigger stories, some stories with a bit more weight or something like that. You know, they were special. Basically, they were ev- that's why they, they, they only ev- came out once a year.
0: They were events. They were Was events. That, they were right. event comic. Yeah, they were. More yeah, event they,
1: well, they were the. They were events stories. For sure. Event Comics is a whole other can of worms that I'm not opening (laughs) right now. (laughs) Right.
0: Right. So (laughs) I have to ask, I have to ask, I have, this is my second time reading through this collection. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, I will admit, I will admit there is only, I would say one story in here that has any like narrative or substantive weight and we'll get there. Right.
1: But we'll get there. Yeah. There, we should say there are five, short stories collected is it's an anthology anthology comics are not very common anymore either. They were more popular back in the, I would say like the fifties through, well, no really up until probably about the seventies, I would say. And a lot of anthology comics were horror and they all got shut down in the fifties because of seduction of the innocent and, and that psychologist shenanigans, just trying to destroy the comic book industry. Mm -hmm. that's a whole rant unto itself. But but anyway, so there's a couple of kind of long-time comic book traditions that are being practiced in this single issue by Boom with this. But to be honest, I can't find too much information about what went into the creation of this comic other than it was done by Boom to mark the 25th anniversary of the franchise.
0: Mm. You yeah, Ninja Ninja Steel was the team at this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the, yeah, there's not yeah. a there's actually not at least I can't find much anyway. Um there's not a ton of you know, in of um information on it, like you said. Um, right.
1: The best I can give you is I can tell you the creative team behind each of these short stories. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about all I can do. I'm guessing it, you know, so really, like I said, it was just, they were just celebrating the 25th anniversary probably and got a bunch of the people at, at the studio to work on this. And they did their own, you know, different little stories that harkened back to either the beginning of Power Rangers or some of the, or just spanned different parts of the franchise this mm-hmm. is pretty Mighty Morphin heavy, I will say, because out of the five, two are Mighty Morphin stories. One is a Mighty Morphin crossover, so it's like two and a half. <laughs> yeah, I would say two. I would
0: say two and a half.
1: Yeah, it's two kind of two and a half. And but it
0: but it embr- but I you know what I really like about this special, and we can get into it a little bit later. I like how we get like a broad like we I like how we get a broad like um, assortment of comics that kind of span not just the history of the show, but the tone of the show. We get We start off. We start off with this really campy story with Scorpina and her silkworm uh and they transform the silkworm into a dog to try to are we gonna get into
1: it now or are we just talking about how this how the tones go all over the place? yeah i
0: mean i just want to talk about how i just want to talk tonally right now how how this thing progresses and how 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 as a 25th anniversary special issue like there's a good mix of The type of material that we have kind of come to expect from Power Rangers, Mm -hmm. like as I was reading through this this collection, I'm thinking back to all those conversations that you and I had throughout season one of the podcast, and how yes, there's a lot of elements to Power Rangers that are incredibly campy and stupid, and they're just really just absurd and silly. But there are also some. I was gonna say
1: silly is what I would say, not necessarily stupid.
0: Stupid is stupid is not good.
1: Maybe stupid would apply to some things. (laughs) There are
0: some stupid. Look, there are some stupid moments in Power Rangers. We we both know that. Looking at you, uh, the those who will not be named on this podcast anymore. Um, (laughs) You know who
1: you are. There's at least three or four of
0: you. (laughs) But there are at least uh, a couple of stories in this that. Really embrace those more serious, thoughtful elements of Power Rangers that we got to—that we also got to know
1: throughout our journey through the franchise in season. Right. Well, like I said, not a whole lot of preliminary stuff to go over, so let's just dive into this issue. I can talk. Let's just dive into this. Use your words. Yeah, and we'll go through each story individually. So, starting with Pet Project. Written by Jessica Quinones. I hope I said mm-hmm. this right. Illustrated by Joe Quinones. Oh, I'd love to know if they're like brother and sister, married couple, or whatever. Colored by Marcelo Costa and lettered by Ed Dukeshire or Dukeshire. Mm-hmm. Right. So this Duke is Shire. a Mighty Morphin story. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels very much. Like a mighty morphin story. Well, yeah. That's it what definitely I was... dates itself. This is kind of interesting. It dates itself pretty hard because Tommy's the White Ranger, so this is obviously season two, but I think we still have the original team in here, so it's that sweet spot where Tommy's it's the White a... Ranger, but we still have the original team. However, Zed is not in this, but we have Scorpina. so I was and a little Rita. confused as to whether or not it was following the show continuity or if this is more of a, a boom studios continuity, or if it's just its own thing.
0: I think this is just, I think it's just his own thing. So if anyone out there that knows that is more well, more well-rounded in these comics can tell me, I think this is essentially its own thing because yes, that's what stood out to me the most is, you know, the opening page is a conversation between Rita and Scorpina. So that, that would that kind of gives you an idea of what time period in Ranger history that we're dealing with here. But then we fast forward and Well, and
1: I should say just in those first three panels there's gobs of references to Ranger lore because they say right. Scorpina you've been gone. Then they talk about the green candle. Mm-hmm. And they bring up the the wizard of deception and they mention Scorpina's pet silkworm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> it is uh
0: it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of ranger it's also a lot of like zoo ranger lore as well because the silkworm her pet silkworm was part of Jew ranger as well but it was um but then we get tommy as the white ranger and as anyone who knows tommy doesn't become the white ranger until season two and the main villain in that during that continuity is zed so
1: yeah reed is yeah. gone
0: yeah. Rita's gone at this point. So I don't, I think this might just be boom's own thing. That's what it leads me to believe is it's just boom's own thing. And they're just using Rita as the big bad. But that's what kind of threw me off a little bit when I first read this comic. Now I, the second reading, I knew what to expect. Um, but yeah, Tommy is the white Ranger and I'm wondering if they're not doing it for more so comedic effect, you know, cats I and dogs. I think so.
1: Like cats and dogs. Yeah, cats and dogs, because Rita's Rita's grand plan in this is to take the silkworm and turn it into the world's ugliest pug, Puppy Power! (laughs) (laughs) Because the old... Pugs are one of the only breeds of dog, or really breeds of any domesticated animal, who can somehow be endearingly ugly. <laughs> mm. I oh, I know. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. uh, this dog, this is not a pretty dog. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm also just trying to get over the juxtaposition of silkworm dog. <laughs> right. it's it's wacky it is very mighty morph in season one i will say and you know and we get some we get some bulk and skull action in this and they actually mess around with the evil plan for once that didn't happen very much in the show but rita's getting genuinely frustrated because they're ruining everything because <laughs> they take the dog and name it bubba well bulk names it Bubba and skull wants to name him hubcap
0: (laughs) Bubba or Bubba or hubcap. I mean, he, I mean, his, I mean, a pug's. no offense to anyone who has a pug out there, but a a pug's, a pug's face kind of looks like it's been slapped with a hubcap, but that's just, (laughs)
1: uh. if we weren't trying to stick with the shtick of taking an out of context line this season, that would might actually be the episode title right there. (laughs) yes uh yes quite (laughs) yes quite (laughs) but yeah Uh, so that it's pretty simple and straightforward so they make the dog it's they want it to kill the rangers it gets taken away they get frustrated scorpina gets more involved mm -hmm. and then there's ranger morphing and things like that and Right. You know, it's pretty like I said, it's pretty straightforward. I did like the line Yeah, where it's skull and him and Bulk are walking the dog and eating hot dogs, and it says three dogs taking a walk. Ha 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 guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Funny guys. I did like the pan the series of panels after that when Scorpina shows up and basically says, Give me the dog back. How in each one it's a reaction. Shot of e of bulk's skull, and then the dog, and and the exclamation points increase as you read <laughs> across the panels. Right, that made me laugh. Now, here is another nitpick. Those are clearly season one putties. Yes, they are. Which <laughs> Those are not it, again. Putties.
0: Which yeah, which makes me th- which because I thought reasonably okay, so maybe this is this is this is season three or later or latter season 2 Rita when Rita comes back but yeah those are season 1 putties those are not Z those are not the Z putties
1: yeah yeah and predictably in true mighty morphin fashion we get a we make my monster grow moment and so we get giant ugly pug <laughs> ugly worm pug <laughs> and and I think I know why they went with White Tommy. Maybe this is why they did White Tommy because he summons a tiger zord. So because we got to do cats and dogs, of course, and they play tug of war with a radio tower. I'm gonna tell you right now, a cat wouldn't do that. (laughs) No, uh,
0: as 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 an owner of two cats, and I don't know about. I mean, of course, if you're a cat owner, if you're a cat owner out there, your mileage may vary. Um, But mine don't play don't play tug of war with things they just don't that's a dog that's a dog trade but you know that's a nitpick as well like i guess like you could like i just think it's i just think the reason why tommy is the white ranger in this is for the comedic effect of dogs versus cats right like that's that's pretty much it you know right but this is but this is but this is an incredibly just harmless story. And it goes right. it goes back to what we were talking about. Like there's a good mix of um campiness and seriousness with this comic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends in a very Mighty Morphin sort of way. Funny enough, Vulcan Skull are hanging out with the Rangers mm-hmm. in their civilian lives. I'm like, oh well. Okay, that's a little different. And they're like, we missed the dog. And then a hooded, a hooded Scorpina shows up and finds the dog and takes it away. It's like, I'll make sure you get turned back into a, into a worm. Because that's because yes. they don't kill the dog. The, they make the dog shrink at the end right. because they figure out the source of its power is its dog collar. It's giant dog collar. Mm mm-hmm. So that's a little different. We get we get some Zords, but it ultimately comes down to Tommy just jumping up and slicing the dog collar off, right? And then it's punctuated with the Rangers showing up, and this is just so funny to me. They're <laughs> sitting there posing and then making puns, and I'm You've like, met, you're, "Kim, you're looking Kim, a little. Why are you? Why are you doing that other than to look pretty? <laughs> you're looking but, a
0: little rough, Tommy.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're looking a little rough." That maybe that should be our episode title. Now you're looking a little rough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such, it's so obvious, but you know, yes. whatever at this point. It, it, it is what fits. it is. It fits. You know, it's a harmless story. It's pretty insubstantial. You know, mm. it, but you know, a little cotton candy here and there is is nice yeah so. like
0: you can't you can't eat like we've like we've talked about you can't eat cotton candy all the time or else you'll get sick or right. fat whichever one but sick probably would come first. <laughs>
1: probably both B- <laughs> both uh well, but either <laughs> how to weaponize it and put it in a laser gun this is true <laughs> um <laughs> ultraman x people ultraman x uh, <laughs>
0: But like we said, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor the point. And, but this is a, this is an incredibly harmless story. It's campy. It's fun.
1: Next. Right. Next, we have golden ideas written and illustrated by Cena Grace colored by Eleonora Bruni and letter. And again, lettered by Ed Dukeshire. Mm-hmm. So this is another mighty morphin story, but it is much more clearly. Supposed to take place during season two because Rita's not here. We have the Thunder Zords. Well, we had the, we technically had the Thunder Zords in the previous one. And, but the main thing is that it's Zed, Rita's not here. And we have the new team here. This is post power transfer because we have Rocky, Aisha, and Adam. The story focuses primarily on Adam and Aisha. And just so a this quick is... little fact that I found out about this looking at the Ranger wiki. Apparently the panel that we have here this two page spread with the mm. four-armed blue hamster exploding. <laughs> 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 Apparently said, that is taken from another comic.
0: <laughs> I said I said it kind of looks like a telly tubby. <laughs> 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 the, the thunder megazord just just slices tinky winky in half <laughs> <laughs> oh ne-
1: it- never mind this was oh wait no wait wait. Is it? Well, the dream started with a single page in this issue depicting the thunders or defeating a monster's Zed center okay oh never mind that's not nothing that it's not that they didn't use it they just changed it from a, a single page to a Two page spread though they just changed double page page spread. Yeah, they just changed the page layout. Never mind, nothing that interesting. I I thought it was. I thought it was going back to another comic. But anyway, yeah, I think it works. I think it works though. The main draws in this are the freaking red bug.
0: (laughs) Well, I was gonna say too. This, although uh, yeah, it's the freaking. This one does seem more. This one does seem more like it's living inside of the prime continuity. It does. The, yeah, this one this is the more prime continuity here. This is not Boom Studios as much as it is like the main show. But
1: right, yes,
0: the, right. The whole the, the whole plot centers around
1: Billy's laboratory and the rad bug. Right, which is just funny that they bring the the rad bug of all things back. It's like if the Saban dropped it after a few episodes. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they just didn't want. To use the footage anymore, or maybe they thought this is really silly, but it's become something that a lot of Ranger fans just love to death. The freaking thing is coming back in once and always. Right. Well, of course, it's the
0: rad bug. It's the rad bug, man. I have one in my garage right now. (laughs) This is the wrong show. (laughs) Wait, this is the wrong show. Never mind. I forgot. Ah, This is the wrong show. They're all starting to bleed together.
1: Oh, no. I understand. Trust me. <laughs> I, I do want to say this little bit of meta humor about Rita's catchphrase is kind of funny. At the ju- this juice bar panel. Zed may be mm. super obnoxious, but at least you guys don't have to hear, make my monster grow like every week. Right. Which doesn't right. make sense because Rita is saying it on the freaking moon. How are they supposed to hear it? Uh reruns sure but anyway <laughs> yeah so <laughs> right Ace and Adam are like well we gotta we gotta show them that we're you know that we're good rangers so let's go finish something Billy started we don't know what it is mm. they just go to his garage without permission to right. muck around with his stuff right. and you know and then, so they're playing around in his lab and then Goldar just shows up 'Cause Zed told him to go kill him some rangers. So he's like, okay, which is, not, go do it.
0: Which is not uh which there is precedent for that because Goldar did show up at Billy's house once uh mm. while uh Trini and the who was in who was in the garage working when Goldar saw, showed up? All of them, I think. But I think I it was go. it was
1: it was green with evil.
0: Yeah, that's right. It was green with evil. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of them. All of them were in the garage because they were trying to right. figure out
1: still who, who Tommy was. Right, um, and it leads to this. Honestly, if kind of nerd tastic, big ol' one, pa- you know, like two page spread <laughs> of Goldar <laughs> attacking the Radbuck. <laughs> like that is the centerpiece of this story. Right, it's the centerfold.
0: <laughs> it's the centerfold of this story.
1: Yeah, it's, it is just surreal to see mm-hmm. that because you're like. Why didn't this happen? Always <laughs> oh, because Saban was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty
0: much. But like the like the whole, yeah. So we've got this, we, we've got this two page spread. Goldar's uh, got his claws deeply dug into the rad bug. Uh, Adam and Aisha are inside. They're getting ready to morph. At the same time, Zed, uh, Zed says, uh, fool, you almost got them. Now, before you lose your chance, and he makes Goldar uh, grow,
1: and well, so- Well, no, you, you missed the part here where he actually says, Will that golden buffoon actually pull this off? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is a very- I wish I could do a good Zed voice. But anyway, yes, so he makes Goldar- uh, Sadly, you
1: are- uh, What was the original actor's name again? Axelrod. How you are dare, not- How you're not Mr. dare Ax- you? You are not Mr. Axelrod. nor are you Omri. <laughs> how dare
0: drama. you how dare you not know who the original voice
1: i remembered was. after a second anyway so yes goldar gets big and then we find out what adam and aisha had been working on right a growth formula begs the question why they never use this again later but whatever so we get some giant ranger versus kaiju action here and it's not the end of zeo or green with Evil. <laughs>
0: I mean i liked the end of Zio. i don't know what your problem was with it
1: <laughs> i'm not saying i'm just bringing it up like there are other times this has happened that was it
0: right so so we see the rain so we see uh adam and aisha uh battle with gold bo- battle with giant goldar for oh abundance. yeah uh,
1: and by the way by the way when it happens adam says taking down goldar is a tall order <laughs> but i'm ah. tish yeah uh-huh. so yeah this is a fun issue there's really
0: not much going on outside of goldar gets goldar goes to try to stop the rangers uh he gets big and so do the rangers but the whole weirdness the the whole weirdness of this issue is just they use a growth formula to grow large and that's it
1: so you know it's yeah it's, there's pretty much, there's and not then a whole the rest of the ranger things. and and the rest of the rangers are like, oh, okay, they are gonna be good. Okay, guys, nah. like, okay. sure. Although the, these last couple of pages do leave me a little bit confused because Goldar is described as both a monkey and a cat. Make up your mind.
0: <laughs> I always thought he was a wolf, but that's just me.
1: I I think when I watched the show as a kid, I figured he was a monkey because Wizard of Oz.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense too. But Wolf was always what I had. Wolf was what I always had in mind whenever I saw Goldar. But regardless, nobody can
1: agree. So that (laughs)
0: that's neither here nor there. So we can move on to the next story, which I feel like this. I feel like this I was just saying I feel like this book is kind of slowly progressing um in tone as we keep going deeper and deeper into it. So the next Yes and one, no. Yes and no, but the next one is really interesting because this is a prequel. This is supposed to be a prequel to Mystic Force.
1: Involving- yeah, it's a, they they went with a mystic force story, which is an interesting choice. But I'm also gonna tell you that I feel like out of all of them, I mean, as fluffy and as fluffy as the uh, the first two are, I feel like this one is the most inconsequential.
0: Well, it's just it's meant to be a it's meant to just kind of give a backstory as to what happened with Liambo and Udonna.
1: And- yeah, but it doesn't really expand much on what we know from the show.
0: It doesn't, but at least, I mean, but the show, if you remember the show though, Nathan, it didn't go into a ton of detail about what exactly happened to Lee and Bo outside of uh, becoming the- No, um,
1: it, it did mention it.
0: Becoming Korag.
1: Yeah, but anyway, the title of the story is Sweetest of Dreams. It was written by Magdalene Visagio. I hope I said both of those names right. It was mm-hmm. illustrated by French- Carmo, Carlo Magno, and again, lettered by Ed Dirkshire, Dukeshire, Dukeshire, anyway. This one is definitely more serious compared to the other two, and the art style's really different as well. This is kind of a pseudo-manga style here. The characters are... <sighs> There is probably the, the if you're talking about the likenesses to the actors, this is probably the one with the least resemblance to the actors. Cause like if, unless you had told me that was Udana, I probably wouldn't have thought that was Udana.
0: I mean, I could see it's Udana. It's probably a younger Udana, but it's, it's, it's Udana.
1: Yeah. Now we do get to see the mystic mother in this, which is kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, what is the, what is the face actress's name
1: for Rita? Um, the Japanese actress.
0: Yeah. The Japanese actress.
1: Yes. I'll look it up. Keep talking.
0: Well, I was just going to say that like the, fa- the, this looks like the mystic mother. It does. This looks like the mystic mother. So, I mean, I don't have a problem. I honestly don't have a problem with the art style in this book. It's it's a lot more uh, reminiscent of contemporary comics. Machiko uh, pre- Soga. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I must be. I'm a terrible fan for not knowing that. The, whereas the, I'm looking kind of back at the previous um, issue, just kind of skimming through here, specifically the first issue with uh, with the first issue, the first uh, installment pet project, that's more reminiscent of some of the older Mighty Morphin comics. Uh, and then this one is a much more updated art style. You know, it's, it's, that's what it reminds right. me of, but I don't, but I think these characters, I think these characters work. I think they, I mean, they look like, they look like their counterparts. The mystic mother looks like her, the mystic mother looks like herself. So does Udana. But what's interesting is the conversation between the mystic mother and uh, Udana wants to find out what what happened to Korag and essentially the mystic mother is telling her well you can't find out you're not ready
1: well Leonbo L- not L- Korag L- L- Liambo L- yeah, yeah, we she see Korag but he's never named
0: right right so the u- and she- the irony
1: is that Korag is guarding Leonbo in the underworld
0: mm-hmm. right so I just think this is I think this is in a a lot of ways, I think it's just a really tragic story. I mean, yes, does it, does it really give us any new information that we didn't know already from, uh, from Mystic Force? No, not really. But it's still, to see it played out here is really interesting. In fact, this last, um, this last panel here, uh, let me find it here. Uh, it's a, it's when Udana is fighting Korag, uh, and it's, it starts with, um, it starts with Udana saying, I will fight and I will win or I will die. Korag responds. So are you in love with Lee and Bo or are you simply, or, or simply hopeless causes? Um, so it's kind of a, it's, 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 I like the I like the language there because it's 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 indicating that you know her efforts are hopeless as well right. as L- Liambo himself is a hopeless cause. So maybe, right. maybe like maybe that's trying to tell her that he's already been you know possessed or something. This this last panel is very is very Korag though. Uh, when he, at least when they're in the underworld, he says, uh, "I have immense respect. I have immense respect." for you, uh, for, for your, <laughs> for your devotion, I could destroy you and still you persist. So let us, so let me speak plainly. And he goes on. Oh, let
1: us speak plainly.
0: Let us speak plainly. So the next couple of panels is is a conversation uh, between, right. um, between her. I'm, and- I'm going to be honest Korag.
1: with you. Uh, as big a moment as it is to see Udana morph and fight Korag, it's not that good of a fight. He just, embarrasses her.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, she, I mean, he does that. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that this is really, this is a much more interesting installment in this issue than the other, than the, than the two previous ones we just discussed.
1: Because at least it,
0: at least it, at least it expands. uh, At least it expands a little bit. Not a ton, a little bit, though, on some, on some Ranger lore, whereas right. the other two didn't quite do that.
1: Right. And the, the rest of the conversation that you were talking about continues in some voice boxes on the next page where he says, Your Liambo is dead, and you cannot unlock his change, uh, chains, but you still live. So go and live or be bound in your own. And that's supposed to be what motivates her to get the mystic force ranger team put together. But it even says that the memories of this encounter fade with time. And I'm like, then what part of me just feels like, well, then what was the point? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I can
1: see that. That's yeah. I mean, I can, I I get what it's trying to do, but I don't think it makes its point as strongly as it should have. Does that make sense?
0: I think that it makes its point strong enough. Is it perfect? No, but I think it makes its point strong enough, but I mean, I guess it's a little bit subjective whether or not we believe it makes it strong. If it, if it's, if it's, um, if it makes a strong point or not, I believe, I personally believe it does. Well, okay. Uh, The
1: moral of the story is, uh, is strongly stated. I'm talking about just what's, What was the point of the story if the memory is fading, but she decides to get the this is what motivates her to get the mystic force rangers together?
0: Well, I mean, the point is the point is her devotion to Liambo. That's the point.
1: I mean, this is a uh, this does draw from the classics there. the descent into the underworld to save someone you love it goes all the way back to greek mythology there's actually a term for it which i had kind of forgotten about it's katabasis which oh, means
0: i've never heard that before but okay yeah
1: which is derived from the greek words for down and go oh but so it's but it's anytime it's a descent to the underworld probably the most famous example of this would be orpheus and eurydice Except in this case, it's reversed because it, Orpheus is the husband going to the mm-hmm. underworld to save his wife Eurydice. Right. So the genders are swapped, but it's still basically the same thing, and that ended tragically. Right. So, I mean, it's a so, good story. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. And then we move on to sealed which was written by Matt Groom and uh, Michael Busuttle. Busuttle? I hope I said that Mm. right. Illustrated by Lucas Wernick, Mm. colored by Eleonora Bruni, and once again, lettered by Ed Dukeshire. See, I got the name right this time. This is the one that I said was kind of a Mighty Morphin story. It's a crossover. But it's a crossover with our favorite one. I
0: mean, it's not. I mean, look, it's it's a cell. It's the at celebratory... least they left
1: the two worst characters out.
0: Right. It's the cell. It's the celebratory twenty fifth anniversary one because this is a crossover between the original Mighty Morphin team and Ninja Steel
1: and Ninja um, Steel. Yeah. So I mean, but no Redbot. That's a strike against it. No Redbot. No, no Redbot. You're but, right. We got. But we got Mick and Alpha together, which is yes.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Greetings, Rangers.
1: <laughs> Are we going to do a dramatic? No, I'm
0: not. I'm body? I'm not. There's nothing dramatic enough to to use the Alpha voice for. But
1: I just wanted to say that.
0: <laughs> I don't. I, don't um, I mean, I don't know. But but this was it, but it yeah. Is this
1: actual. Is, it is actually Alpha Five. It is specifically Alpha Five because it's says, Alpha. I yes, came it's from Eltar. Right right
0: and so they and they have to do and they have to do the uh they have to do the the kind of exposition to catch to, ca- to catch the audience up uh you know alpha five the gra- uh greatest invention of king lexian uh of yeah. Eden, the, the greatest the of greatest Edenoy. invention of king lexian of edinoy uh zordon of eltar's celebrated technician loyal assistant to the mighty Morphin power rangers and then someone says oh the dinosaur ones Yes, the dinosaur ones. <laughs> the dinosaur ones jackass. That
1: one. <laughs> oh, oh, but not those dinosaur ones. Good lord, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, but we also find out that apparently Mick and Alpha have history together. I want a comic about this. Oh, I'd lo- <laughs> I, I, yeah, Mick, Alpha, and because Norg. Mick is one of the best things in Ninja in Ninja Steel. But that's because Kelson Henderson is great in everything. <laughs> oh no, he is. He is.
0: Like, uh, it, it's just it's just really sad that it's just really sad that he only he only shows up for this one panel because I really would have loved. Uh, more Mick in this.
1: Oh, no, he's in more than just that. But th- we only get the flashback in one this one panel, which has Mick carrying what and it's supposed to be a Cahulian egg, but it looks like a giant pine cone. And Alpha <laughs> and is wearing a fake mustache and a top hat and an overcoat with a bow tie. I, and I'm like, I, I need, need to know, I need. Uh, I need double O agent Alpha 5, okay? <laughs> I need context for this. Agent guys. double Come O on. Alpha 5. There you go.
0: The name is Alpha. James Alpha.
1: <laughs> no, it would be five. The name is five. Alpha. Alpha five. five. Yes.
0: The name is five, <laughs> right. Rangers. Alpha five. Evil Alpha five. <laughs> I anyway i just
1: i need this i need this boom i need it <laughs> right exactly uh, exactly but uh but yeah so after we get some of the exposition and some of the silliness out of the way we find out that there is a lovecraftian horror in this who has been sealed away by the mighty Morphin rangers that can only escape when a comet that comes by every 25 years comes by so mm-hmm. they're like you guys Need to take care of it now. And then we get a weird series of panels where thanks to interdimensional and apparently it's not time travel. So I guess it's time travel, like interdimensional and time travel shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Our Red Rangers get to team up, but it's not much of a team up. <laughs> and then really... all they really do is they figure out it doesn't like fire. And then we the implication is that 25 well... years further into the future, whatever team of Rangers there is at that point uses fire to kill it.
0: Right. Oh, so, dragon
1: fire specifically.
0: Right. So it's like, it, it, I just thought it was funny because this one panel. Yeah. Cause this one panel here is the mighty Morphin Rangers on one end are trying to push it through the, t- are trying to push it through the portal. And then our Ninja steel Rangers are trying to do the exact same thing. So there's like this, there's this tug and pull on this monster from both ends. And then eventually, um, then eventually uh, uh, the crossover happens.
1: Yeah. Where Jason and I can't remember the kid's name, but Ninja Steel Red have something of a team up, but it's, it basically just amounts to Ninja Steel Red shoving him out of the
0: way. Hang on. Let me look. Hang on. It's going to, by the
1: way, this monster When I say Lovecraftian, I mean Lovecraftian because it's an eyeball with tentacles. That's it. Brody is his name, by the way. Brody, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. The team-up lasts all of about three panels and then Jason gets shoved out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then they figure it out. And then the, the sentiment is supposed to be that there's always going to be Power Rangers around, so even on the fiftieth anniversary yes, of the franchise, there will still be Power Rangers to save us.
0: It's so saccharine, bro. It's this last panel here, uh, or last two. Let's say last two panels. Um, uh, were you able to destroy it? No, but don't worry, it will be. It will be destroyed. Are you sure? Yeah, there will probably always be evil, but that's okay because we're not in it alone. We're we never were. There were there will always be people fighting for what's right. There will always be hope.
1: There will always be Power Rangers. Aww. So. So I kind of like the mystery, the well not mystery, but the ambiguity and I like mm-hmm. the sentiment uh, and the, and I like the sentiment. But as a team up goes, this is meh. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty meh. It's pretty meh. I mean, the art's yeah. nice and you know, the monster is freakish, I'll say that, but yeah. It yeah, doesn't really it's okay. doesn't, it doesn't really amount to much, and you know It doesn't. A little no, bit of doesn't. a sappy ending, but that's kind of how the you know Saban era was, right? <laughs> A oh, lot of just... nothing and sap, <laughs> unless it's dinosaur. I mean, yeah, I get. Yeah, Which is guess. why they're saying like the dinosaur ones, but not that dinosaur one or that dinosaur one. Good lord, guys!
0: <laughs> the other dinosaur one, you know the
1: one, you know the that dinosaur, dinosaur. One. The, the you know that dinosaur one. Right, right, but not the thunderous one or the charging no. one. No,
0: <laughs> the the other one, the the one that came first. The one with the witch and the guy, and the one with the witch and the Cinnabite guy,
1: <laughs> and, and the skeleton man, and the skeleton <laughs> man. Yes. Quiet. Don't worry, he's not here. I promise. <laughs> well,
0: I, was, I was, I was, I was getting a little, I was getting a little anxious. Okay, all
1: right. So. <laughs> I know. I, I could hear it in your voice as soon as I said skeleton man. <laughs> it's like,
0: oh no. The skeleton, man. All right. So you want to move on to the main event?
1: Uh, yeah, this is the main event. Yeah. Right here. The trial of astronomer written by Trey Moore illustrated by, oh boy, Dejung Jung Lee. I hope I said that right. Also colored by Marcelo Costa and also lettered by Ed Duke Shire. All right. Just get it over with. I know you're sitting on the jokes. Just get it over with now. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Oh, you know, really, you forgot <laughs> I, I I
0: don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, so, but I do have to ask I, I, but I do have to ask what do you think she's on trial for? Like did she walk into a uh, a blue wigs and black leather shop and oh there steal, there there we and go. steal everything. <laughs> uh a, did she steal did she did she steal anything beside your heart marching
1: <laughs> see see i'll let you just get it out early i will take ownership of it yes i know i know you're all probably thinking nate you just like this one because it's about your power ranger crush yes but this is also honestly the best this really is the best story no it the really is because the, it, good grief the there's so bunch. many gut punches in this
0: Oh, it's so it's so awful. It's it's awful, but it's wonderful at the same time, because yes, like this is definitely this is definitely the best story of this of this collection, like hands down. There's no there is no question. The other the other three can't come close. This is this is other four can't come close. This is arguably the best one of the collection. And it's the one it's the one with the most emotional and thematic weight to it.
1: It It's also, I think, the one that in terms of lore building and world building, I feel like this one really has a lot of weight and consequence.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, once again, I'm reading it wondering if it's part of the show continuity or if it's more of a Boom Studios thing because... And it's just little details that I notice. They still act, they still act as though, Corone, uh-huh. that's the ma- that's who we're following. Well, that's the main character here. Uh-huh. Corone is. They act like she's still part of the Galaxy Rangers. And she's on Mir, but she's also on Miranoi, which makes me think uh-huh. that this is after the show. Maybe yeah, this would be. Yeah, this it'd would be, be uh, yeah, after the. It would be after the show, would- but they also act like Kendricks is still dead. That's right. the main so, hangup I have here. Well at least that's the implication I'm yes. getting. Yes.
0: So this is this is post this is this is post Lost Galaxy. Yeah, this is this is after they've turned their quasar sabers back to the to the people of Miranoi.
1: Right. Right. But there's, oh my gosh, like I'm just looking at my notes on here and this by far has the most notes. I think it's got about twice as many notes as the other four stories. Mm-hmm. But it, the thing that really gets to me, but this is an incredibly mature take on a lot of stuff in the Power Rangers franchise. And I, mm-hmm. so I don't know if this is meant to emulate, say, you know, shows like In Space or... RPM or Lost Galaxy or if it's meant to be more just this is the Boom Studios tone. I'm not entirely sure. I'm leaning toward this is the Boom Studios tone because Mm. it takes some of those what we might consider kind of cheesy things from Mm. the original show and Mm. good grief infuses it with a lot of weight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, they... by implication, this really does bring up that. I mean, I'm all for redemption stories and it was great what they did with Corona, but you do have to remind yourself. She wasn't just some, you know, two bit villain, you know, some small time crook or something like that. She was an intergalactic despot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She did far. She committed far reaching horrendous crimes. Those are not easily forgiven. <laughs> they no. even hmm? go,
0: go ahead. No, go ahead. I man. was just going say they
1: even take something like her calling herself the queen of evil and give that weight. Mm-hmm. So like, she said she was the queen of evil.
0: Yeah. Ba- basically well. <laughs> saying, I mean, basically saying, Oh, she admitted it. Like it came from her own mouth. It like, she admits it. She is the queen of evil. She was accused of war crimes, uh, crimes against humanity, uh, you know, murder, etc. Genocide, invasion, genocide.
1: Like they, like their laundry list of, uh, what was of crimes the, is ridiculous. Oh God,
0: what was the what was the list here? Hang on, I'm gonna find it here. I'm gonna find the list of of crimes that they're charging her for. Uh, um, this vile oh, is. creature
1: is not only is. the last surviving member of the United Alliance of Evil, she was Dark Specter's second in command. She is directly responsible for the abduction and death of the Great Zordon, a loss the universe has yet to recover from. And when Dark Specter died, she took control of his organization and publicly declared herself the Queen of Evil. <laughs> the Queen of Evil, that says it all. No, it's the it's the bubble
0: before that. It's like
1: your honor I oh, intend okay. to pr-
0: I, I intend to peru- I intend to prove that Koron of space colony Um, ko 30 ko 35 better known as astronoma is guilty of war crimes against the galaxy this includes but is not limited to murder invasion uh abduction uh enslavement of indigenous peoples and conspiracy to conquer civilized planets like that is some weighty charges
1: right by the way i do appreciate i do appreciate the ecliptor cameo that made me happy (laughs) <laughs> yes
0: i ac- i appreciate that i appreciated yeah, and that and
1: we well. and we also get we get actually i'm looking at this because i think we get every rendition of astronomer in this too mm-hmm. kind of flipping through. well we, have, really the, well, we okay, have the well okay we get we get purple hair astronomer twice yes and then we get red hair astronomer once mm-hmm. android Cy- or uh, cyborg astronomer. cyborg astronomer. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and the funny thing is they rattle all this off and they say, how do you plea? And then we don't get to hear her plea because we, uh, they all get interrupted by Maya, uh, Maya, Leo and her brother Andros. So it's kind of a lost galaxy in, and in space crossover primarily, but you know, then we have another big cameo later on that we'll talk about. (laughs) So we don't know what she was going to play. I think we can safely assume it was going to be guilty. Guilty because that
0: we we learn later on in the book. We learn later on in the story that she actually wants to stand trial for the crimes that she committed because she's obviously feeling a incredible amount of guilt for what she did while she was I, a astronomer.
1: I think it goes beyond guilty even. I would I would say it's full-fledged shame at this point.
0: Well, it's it's all of it. It's guilt, shame, remorse, uh, anger, right? Anger for anger for what she was. Now she, yes, she was controlled by Dark Specter, but this this is an interesting little story because it begs the question: Does being controlled get you off the hook? Does see?
1: Well, you can make that argument. For cyborg astronomer for red hair astronomer
0: mm-hmm.
1: But before that, I don't know if you can, which is what makes this complicated. Well, she was she was raised to be evil. Before. She was raised to be she was raised to be evil, but she clearly, you know, as we saw on the show, she wasn't all the way there. That's what the cybernetic enhancements did. Right. That pushed her all the way over the edge. But before that, she had a ch- she had a, a chance at redemption. And mm-hmm. you know, was slowly getting there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that makes it complicated Because that, that's Andrew. Because that's the interesting thing. We have Andros, her brother. We have mm-hmm. Maya, her best friend. We could argue, mm-hmm. and Leo, right. who was her team leader as a Power Ranger. So these are basically three solid character witnesses here who can all right. vouch for her. These and are Andros's. These, these
0: all three of these characters have some level of influence in her life, right?
1: And Andros's defense is that Astronoma was a different person. That wasn't mm-hmm. my sister. So I here's don't the, know how so, good of a defense that is, unfortunately. Well,
0: so 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 here's the question. Here's the question: Is Andros in denial? Is this a is this a is this also a story about Andros being in denial about his I, sister?
1: I think it is. I think it is. Now, I will say one thing I like about this comic is that it gives us something that I wish the show had done, which is having Andros and Corone interacting with each other, mm-hmm. you know, in, you know, post in space, post mm-hmm. astronomer, all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. Now, it's not under the best of circumstances, but we're getting some of that because, like I said, that was an opportunity that the show missed. Right. But I do think, I just, I do feel like Andros in particular is living in denial. If that is his defense, if that's the best he can come up with cuz honestly I feel like Maya and Leo had better defenses than her than Andros. Because they were trying to say, look at what she's done since then. Right. So, no, because concept. we've we've helped because we've we've seen it ourselves. She is doing everything she can to atone for what she did. know
0: right and the court was
1: more impressed with that than anything Andros said
0: right because andros is defense is this comes after a little i I don't think it tells what the race this is but um uh, and this is really like this is this is really horrifying if you think about it um this little alien says i'm the last of my kind we were a peaceful race who expressed emotion through song then astronomer's Dark Fortress appeared in the sky as she and her soldiers slaughtered us my people sang out sang sang out their agony Astronoma recorded the song I heard I heard <clears throat> she liked to play it on on speakers when she invaded other planets that is wicked that is that wicked is, Yeah
1: that that is horrible but the one then, that honestly but, but, well, but the, this one hang I really on, this. Hang on.
0: What? hang on, hang on, hang on. But then Andros's counter to that, Uh, Corone was a hopeless was a helpless girl twisted against her will. It's ignorant to hold her responsible for for astro, for astronomers' crimes. They're practically two different, two different people. people.
1: Uh, yeah. Now I do think there's a level of truth to that because he says she was abducted. She was raised to be this way, mm-hmm. right? You know she was raised to be a loyal servant Uh, of dark specter i I do think so i think that there i think there's some credence to that
0: but but hmm. but here's the here's the counter argument i will propose if you think about all the all the problems all the crimes that that people commit now like for example a, a child was adopted by a family that family happens to be Uh, a bunch of like neo-Nazi racists. That child grows up to be a racist and kills a bunch of uh, kills a bunch of black and brown people. Who is held responsible then? The child because he is a sentient human. He is a sentient human being who made that choice or the parents who raised him that way. There's no crimes, at least here in America. There's no crimes of how you raise your children it's the actions of your children that are uh, uh that are tr- uh, that are put on trial does that make sense right
1: yeah it makes sense right that's like i said i i feel like andros's defense is the weakest but and then uh, what i love is that there's this big page here mm-hmm. and i love how this whole thing is composed because it's got a shackled coron in the center And then there are Mm -hmm. these panels with different people talking and it's arranged so that those who are condemning her are on the left. And then our three Ranger friends here are defending her on the right. So it's framed almost like each of them is talking to a different, talking to whoever's directly across from them. I love the panel composition here, but honestly, I feel like the second alien on the left side here, this has to be the, this for me was the biggest gut punch I felt like. Mm-hmm. So it's this <clears throat> it's a one-eyed purple alien here. And he says, when my people were enslaved, astronomers' forces ravaged our sacred temples and replaced images of our gods with statues of Dark Spectre and herself. Now, here, if that wasn't bad enough, here you go. Prepare yourselves. Many planets have a myth of a creature that embodies all evil. We know our devil is real and her name is astronomer. Mm. Ow! Yo, yeah, oh yeah. That's blistering. Oh, just, wow. We know our devil is real and her name is astronomer. I mean, dang. <laughs> well, even... Even what I'm assuming is
0: commander Kruger comes. Yes.
1: To that's the other thing we get at SPD. Mm-hmm. bit in here. We get Kruger our boy Kruger mm-hmm. our man Kruger. And we've, this is, it's a little bit of a retcon, but I kind of love it.
0: It's a little <laughs> bit of lore build. It's a little bit of lore building and a retcon. Yes. But, but it is interesting. You want to go ahead and read that panel too, since it is
1: actually. Yeah. Yeah. Kruger says, normally i would never speak out against a ranger i respect what they do but this woman does not deserve to be one astronomer wanted my people to fight for her we refused and raised our planet shields in defense oh in defiance she stole the codes to drop the shields but didn't use them herself no she gave them to a would-be emperor named grum she handed the key to our destruction over to a monster with a grudge against us. She knew his attack would be slower, more cruel. I lost my wife that night. (laughs) Wow. Mm. Yeah. Now, obviously this is before SPD.
0: (laughs) I think that, right. I think that I'm wondering how long before SPD this was, but that's neither here nor there. I think the person that actually made the best defense for astronomer was actually Maya. I think Maya made the best defense for astronomer, um, mm-hmm. or for Corona, I should say Corona, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, she, she goes on to say Kendrick's was the original pink galaxy ranger. She fell in battle against psycho pink. It was Corona who found Kendrick's ex- found Kendrick's quasar saber and kept it out of the, ha- out of evil hands. Uh, Corona's sp- Uh, sorry, Kendrick's spirit blessed Caron with her, with the, with the power of the saber and she became the new pink ranger. Caron proved herself to be a true hero. She is a dear friend and and I trust her with my life. The problem, the problem is with that, the problem with that argument is that it's speaking of post astronomer Caron. But I think what it, but what is definitely on trial here is pre Corone astronomer. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Right. And uh, Leo's defense talks about the episode where he lost his powers and they went into the cave and met the warrior that yeah. Corone had killed as astronomer and you know and got his powers back and how that warrior basically forgave him forgave her. And but the uh, pro- honestly, and this is this is good writing right here because the prosecutor points out something that I'm surprised more people don't talk about. I'm surprised we didn't talk about this. He actually says, "Yeah, but Kendrick's wouldn't have died if not for astronomer because she made the psychos."
0: Mm-hmm. Ow. Because, yeah, I mean, I think that panel is worth addressing, too. It's like uh, the prosecutor comes and comes to Maya and says, one follow-up question, Yellow Ranger. You said Kendrick's, uh, Kendrick's Morgan, uh, perished fighting Psycho Pink, correct? Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, but didn't Astronema create the Psycho Rangers just a year prior? So if Astronema had not created Psycho, psycho pink Kendrick's would have never fallen. It's interesting that it's interesting that astronomer creates a weapon that slays your friend, takes her place and you call her and you call her a hero for it. No further questions your honor. So that that is, that's, that's laying the groundwork. That's, that's laying the defense or laying the groundwork for the only reason that Carone got to be the only reason Carone got to be galaxy pink is because Kendrick's passed a, because Kendrick's was killed. Yes, that is true. Right. But what this prosecutor is doing is framing it to make it sound like it was more intentional. So the I prosecutor, don't know if it
1: was so much intentional, but I think he's saying she's at least indirectly. Responsible. He's
0: he's implying that she took advantage of the situation she created to become
1: a ranger. Right. Yeah. That seems, that does seem to be the implication, but here's the thing, even, and they don't spend a lot of time talking about this, but even the setup for this trial is a little bit suspect. They said Corona was abducted Mm -hmm. from her bed in, on on Miranoi. Right. And dragged in here, they're like, you can't even, you shouldn't even be doing this. (laughs) How can you just put her on trial that fast when you basically kidnapped her? So the trial, so the fact that this trial is even being conducted is a little bit suspect. But as hard hitting as all of that is, how do you feel about how this is resolved? Because. I don't think it's there's no good way to get out of this.
0: <laughs> no, because Corone because when Andros finally lets Corone speak, or when Cor when Andros finally sits down long enough to listen to Corone, Coron it turns out Corone actually wants to be put on trial. She actually wants to um she wants to pay for her crimes and because of, because of her, uh, because of, uh, of guilt. Um, because, mm-hmm. uh, there's this panel here where Maya is trying to console her and Andros is pacing back and forth. He's freaking out, just saying, what can we do? They're trying to crucify her. And, uh, Caron says, oh, stop it. You two, these people are not the enemy. They're the victims. They're my victims. Everything they're saying about me is true. I had hoped that being a ranger would help balance the scales, but I never would, but I never, but I'll never be able to make up for what I did. Fighting Trakina doesn't help the doesn't help the orphans I created as astronomer. And then it kind of goes on and she and she goes on to be very remorseful her, right. for her crimes and she's trying to convince her brother to let the trial proceed as 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 it needs right. to and he just he's not having it
1: he's not having yeah, it because so, he said i spent years trying to find you i'm not losing so, you again so it so act, it makes total sense that he would be it, acting this way
0: it makes sense but is but i but i have to play devil's advocate here and and ask is andros being selfish
1: I think there is an element of selfishness there. I do.
0: Like is he being selfish right now? Because he knows I believe that in, and I'm just reading I'm I'm probably reading too much into this. But uh um, No, I think this is the
1: the I think this is the kind of story where you're allowed to do that.
0: Right. So in his heart of in Andros in his heart of hearts knows his sister is guilty. Because as astronomer, this is pre cyborg astronomer as astronomer, she made a choice, and as we saw in in if we're if if we're going by the continuity that was showed to us in in space she had astronomer wasn't sure what she wanted to do even then, so she had <clears throat> excuse me so she had free will at that point
1: mm-hmm.
0: but she used her free will to do evil things. So I believe that in Andros' heart of hearts, he knows his sister is guilty and that she needs to pay for her crimes. He just doesn't want that to happen because he's being right. selfish
1: right now. Right, because here's the thing. Like I said, I'm all for redemption. Mm-hmm. I'm all, but remorse doesn't exempt you from the consequences of your actions.
0: Oh, no. No, it doesn't, it doesn't That's prevent, it doesn't prevent remorse, doesn't prevent justice from being served. It, it right. doesn't. You can, you can say if I, uh, <clears throat> if I, if I leave my apartment tonight and go to the grocery store or whatever, and, and accidentally hit somebody and they die, I would feel incredibly awful for that. And that I would carry that burden for the rest of my life. But that doesn't mean that I don't deserve to at least be put on I don't deserve some form of punishment
1: right right something needs to be demanded of you yes which is what makes the whole thing difficult (laughs) Mm. because I do think there are good points on either side I don't think and, and the the court at least pays lip service to that as we understand that she's done things since then yeah, and the, that um... she's. You know, we understand the circumstances. We understand that she's done good things since then, mm. but that doesn't erase. Well, what's happened? the
0: The judge goes on to say, "Let me start by sa- Let me start by saying that this court recognizes the good that that the accused has done recently and acknowledges the tragedy of her childhood. However," These facts do not make up for the years of tyranny that she inflicted upon countless planets due to the nature of due to the nature and the magnitude of these crimes, I have no choice but to find the defendant guilt and then it cuts. Because yeah, it because, cu- because then we, we
1: get we get Andrews's solution.
0: <laughs> which, before we get to the solution, let me ask you, do you think? do you think that Andros did the right thing?
1: That is, that's a difficult thing to answer because there is a part of me that wants to say yes, but I don't think in the long run that it was because it's it's still based in, it's still based on a deception as well unpack here in a moment right
0: right so i firm i think i personally believe i personally think that he did not do the right thing in the eyes of the law in the eyes of justice i think he did the i but i do on the contrary think he did the right thing to to set to save and love his sister at least what he right. thinks he, he at least he thinks what would what would be the right thing now,
1: right? Because that cause that's what it, how it is for me. I think on an emotional level, I'm with Astro, I'm with Andros. But when I think about it logically, I it's not the best solution here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, in my opinion, in my opinion, much like and I was thinking about this before we started recording, much like. Corone was robbed of her childhood. She was robbed of her adolescence. I think, I, I, I think that, um, I think Andros, in doing what he did, robbed her of um, closure, or close.
1: Maybe the closure I, is not the right word. Closure is not the word she used because. Do- do we want to talk about how he tries to solve the problem and then talk about yeah? How l- l- she l- yeah, responded go, to that? Because go, that's yeah. a, that's another gut punch right there. Right,
0: go over yeah, go over how he solves it. We're dancing around it, so let's just go ahead and talk right, about it. Right, we are.
1: Basically, what ends up happening is that when the judge gets interrupted before passing sentence,
0: mm-hmm.
1: suddenly astronomer shows up. Not Corona, astronomer. And then there's this whole panic while that's all going on, they call in security to fight her. She is being as astronoma as you can get. The four of them slip away to the astro Megaship and fly away. And then this astronoma gets taken out by, I'm guessing, security forces here. And they're like, how the heck did that happen? Well, in another little bit of... In Space Continuity, we find out it was Andrus using the holographic technology that they used in their training room, mm-hmm. and he made a replica of Astronema, and his argument was that you get to, it, because they were saying everybody, it's like, it's, what happened was that Corona and Astronema got split, and this is basically her evil side, and Corona's innocent. That was the argument at the in the moment. So right. in some weird way, I'm sure that that is actually what Andrus believes. Because <laughs> says they take her out, she's like, so they get their justice and you get and you get off scot-free. But is that real justice, though? It isn't because uh, I would say and Carone understandably responds by slapping her brother in the face. He thought he was the big dang hero and she slapped him for it and then proceeds to compare him to Dark Spectre for taking her choice away. Ow! Yes. Yes. Sheesh. (laughs) It is not a good day to be (laughs) Corone. Yeah, because she says, how dare you take that decision out of my hands like that? I told you I was going to accept their decision. He says, they were going to kill you, Corone. That's where this was leading. It wasn't fair. Astronoma is not who you really are. And she says, oh, please. I am so sick of this little fantasy you tell yourself. I am astronoma. I was raised for 15 years to be astronoma. Every day on Miranoi, I have to actively tell myself to be kinder, gentler, and more patient than my instincts tell me to be. Mm -hmm. Andro says, look, I'm sorry you're mad but I am not going to apologize for saving your life, which I can understand. (laughs) And then she punctuates it by saying, you took my choice away from me, Andros. Do you get that? That's the exact same thing Dark Spectre did to me. I will not be controlled and manipulated again, especially not by my own brother. Yeah. Ow. (laughs) Ow. They're... There, the brilliance of this story is that there's no real easy answer. No, you could say that this is you. There's enough stuff in here to say this is a show trial, a show trial. Mm -hmm. There's enough to say that they, that the three Rangers make valiant defenses and they should be considered, but you can't, it doesn't erase what happened. Corone wanted to accept the, you know, accept justice and pay for her crimes. Understandably. So, you know, but Andrew says, that's not who you are anymore. You know, it's, it's, there's no good way to get by at best. This story is bittersweet. Yeah. At the absolute best.
0: So, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. This, this entire, this entire issue, this entire comic is incredibly bittersweet. Because on one hand, you have, you have, Car- you have Caron who wants to, you have, you, who wants to pay for the crimes that she committed. And we saw this even in Lost Galaxy. We saw, right. Car- we saw coron warfare with what she did as astronomer and she did not make the decision to, you know reprise her role so to speak as astronomer to get back the quasar saber she didn't take that decision lightly because she knew what slipping back into that character would could potentially do to her right but i think that Caron desperately wants to separate herself from her brother she wants to become her own person and andros because he has never really known his sister He's never gotten the opportunity to know Caron as his sister is desperately clinging to whatever, whatever thing he can to save her. And in this case, she doesn't want to be saved. She wants to atone for what she's done, but andros and that
1: means, and that means accepting the, accepting the justice that she deserves at this. Exactly. Point. Exactly.
0: And I think it's that. It's not I going
1: think... around doing things to, as she puts it, balance the scales. No, yeah. it's, you deserve to die for what you did. And that's, she was going to go along with that. I mean, mm-hmm. you could say that that there's probably, there's some definite self-loathing there and probably some depression, I would say, connected mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. And you could say that she's just being hard on herself, but but like, I can't imagine what it's like to live with that. I really Mm -hmm. can't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's it's
0: incredibly, it's incredibly tragic. And it's, you know, even Andros's story is, is tragic because he's desperately trying to save the sister that he doesn't really know
1: all that well. Right. Um,
0: now but the thing a- that
1: I will say I appreciate about how this ends is I don't think Carone hates her brother.
0: No, because it ends with she's a conversation. Up, she's
1: definitely yeah, she's definitely upset with him, and mm-hmm. but she doesn't say I never want to see you again, uh, you're not my brother anymore or anything like that. She just says basically, Andres, you need to give me space. Yeah, and then, my- I, need and then the- to, I need to go
0: figure myself out for a little while. And then the issue, and then this, then the the story ends with a conversation between her and Maya. So like she just sent, Maya simply says, "Are you okay?" And then uh, and then Caron says, "Not yet, but I will be."
1: Yeah. So I do appreciate that it does end on a bit of a hopeful note, because the impression I get is that the court will leave her alone. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to worry about being put on trial again, mm-hmm. but she has to live with this now. She has to live with what she did, and she has to live with what her brother did to save her. Right. But I don't think it's permanent, which is what I appreciate so much about this story. Yeah.
0: Because it does. Because it it, also w- it can... would have
1: been so easy to just have it end with. I hate you. Never talk to me again. Because
0: <laughs> what happens when, what happens when the hologram breaks?
1: Well, no, the, the hologram's gone. <laughs> the hologram got destroyed. That's so they think astronomers is dead. Mm. I
0: well, what happens when? Let me let me think of a better question. What happens when Andros finally has to come to grips with the fact that his sister made the choices that she made, because she, his sister was his sister made some really terrible choices, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just mind control it was because she wanted to because she was raised to be that way
1: Mm -hmm. i don't know that might be something for boom to explore in another issue i would be curious to see that Yep, i would too more uh, more stories with andros and corona i I just i want more of that i want to see more of them together because we didn't get to see a lot of them Together in those shows when she wasn't being astronomer, mm-hmm. I mean it, it just goes back to when we did our, you know the, our season finale last season. I didn't just do it for fanboy reasons, you know, putting corona and Andros on the teams because I really think that that would be such an interesting dynamic, and I want to see more of that. That's a, it was a missed opportunity, and I'm grateful that Boom has done comics like this that. Play into that, yeah. But yeah, kind of a downer way to end the episode, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's not. I wouldn't
0: say it's a downer. I mean, it's just it's, it's a really. I mean, we've ended episodes on thoughtful notes before. It's just a thoughtful note. It's just the thoughtful. Hey, no, it's what you. I
1: mean. It's just that you know, it's such a it's such an in- emotionally intense story. And right. I mean, it's not in a in a tragic story
0: it's not the first time and it's not going to be the last time we end a show on end, an episode on a more somber note, but I think for this, it works. I don't want to, I don't want to ham it up too much because I want to respect how somber this story is. So
1: for sure. Anyway, but that anyway. is the 25th anniversary comic from boom studios. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we thought about doing uh, all of Beyond the Grid. We may still do it. We're not sure. We're still trying to figure it out. It's just that Beyond the Grid is a big story. It's a big story. (laughs) Oh, it's a huge story. It is a huge story. But I knew it's like, we at least have to cover this because once we get to Trial of Astronema, we're going to have a lot to talk
0: about. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that if you own the Beyond the Grid comic, there's actually one more story that um uh that is included in this that wasn't originally included in the twenty fifth anniversary book, which is the one we yeah. would, the the book the the original twenty fifth anniversary that you and i uh read and it was it's a story that uh talks about it t- a story that talks about two characters Remy and I hope I'm saying this last name correctly uh Elorine or Elorin um right. The two, solar uh, two, rangers the solar rangers yeah two the two of the two of the solar rangers it's a it's a cute story um it's 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 nice character development between the two of them so if you have the beyond the grid comic I recommend you uh the graphic read that. novel
1: it's exclusive to the graphic novel. it's yeah that's
0: right it's a, it's exclusive to the graphic novel but it's a really yeah. it's a really it's a really sweet story and i i because I, yeah,
1: the know. the collection is the i think it's the eight issues i want to say it's eight issues for beyond the grid the 25th anniversary special what's it worth to you and then like a, like 50 or 100 pages of covers <laughs> if you get the hardback big big bad special edition anyway Right.
0: So, Nathan, that's it for this uh, comics coverage. Do you want to tell the listeners with attitude what they can expect the next episode?
1: Well, like I said, you're going to get two Sentai episodes in a row. First up, it's going to be Ninja Sentai Ranger, which became Mighty Morphin Season 3 and Alien Ranger's I am like chest deep into this show. Now I I use the shout factory DVDs. I am on, I just started disc eight of 10 and it's been interesting to say the least. It's a
0: fun, it's a fun season though. It is a really fun
1: Fun, but I also feel like die rangers set the bar so high that coming right after it is good luck. (laughs) <laughs> I but I also It's not quite as crazy or as good as I was expecting it to be, if that makes sense. It's not bad, but like I said, it might just be because Die Ranger set the bar so high. But, and
0: that makes sense that make that makes sense though.
1: That makes sense though. Right. Right. But so. you know, so that will be our March Sentai episode. And then, because we're promising you a Sentai episode every month. And then we're going to talk about Choriki Sentai, orange which became Zio. And our friend Jack G-Man Hudgens will be on for that one. You may remember him from when we did the 2017 movie last season. And if you listen to, well, basically any of our other podcasts, I, has he finished the March and Hamilton hat trick too?
0: Do you have uh, he- on Kaiju Groupie? He was never on Kaiju Groupie, my solo oh, show.
1: He he's was never, one short.
0: <laughs> but was he... Oh, yes, he was on... He was actually on Kaiju Weekly. We talked about Turbo that episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's actually... I think he's been, he's been on a couple of times on Kaiju Weekly. He's been on a couple of times on Henshin then. So he's one short of the hat trick. <laughs> right. So
0: he'll be back and I'm looking forward to... I, I love Old Ranger. I'm... I'm I'm really curious what you think about old Ranger when you watch it because old Ranger goes pretty
1: dang hard um, yeah given the what I've heard and the hype that I've heard around it at least from my circle it sounds like it's going to be dang good although it seems like some people don't like it in the fandom. and, those people, sure co-
0: and yeah, those people would be why
1: and those people would be
0: crazy or
1: have poor taste but that's neither here nor here this is coming from the guy who defends turbo (laughs) what come on corsets
0: whatever whatever that's that does that that does not even apply here
1: sir thank you very well we'll see we'll see how it goes when we when we get to the get to the 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 superior version of turbo (laughs) but yeah and then like i said after that i know i'm kind of previewing really far ahead but i feel like we have to At this point, because after O-Ranger, we get to our first bit of of 30th anniversary coverage with, is it just once and always, or is it Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always? I think it's, if we're,
0: if the title card is to be taken literally, it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and
1: always. Always, which we've gotten a few more details about that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about an hour long.
0: 55 minutes
1: more like yeah i would have preferred more like 90 minutes but whatever I and will take, i'm guessing I will Take it. yeah but i'm guessing it you know considering how close we are <laughs> to it i mean we're at the beginning of march it's coming out at the end of april so i don't imagine they're going to put out another trailer because i'm curious about robo rita <laughs>
0: I think they're going to, I think we're not, I don't think we're going to see another preview until we actually watch. It. I don't, I don't think we're going to know anything until we actually watch it.
1: Yeah. So hashtag Netflix party.
0: <laughs> I mean, I intend, I, I intended to watch it together at least to get that first impression together. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would pro- and then I'll probably rewatch it for the show, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah, so a lot of stuff to look forward to coming forward. Mm-hmm. I have, hmm, two Sentai episodes in a row—that's going to be a little challenging.
0: It will be. It'll be challenging, but it'll be a good time. We've done. We've done it before. March and we binged hours upon hours upon hours of Power Rangers. We will be fine.
1: We will be fine. I'm fine now. I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm fine. Everything is fine. Like it's like, it's the, it's the meme with the dog in the burning room. Everything
1: is. (laughs) Are you trying to say things are unhappy behind the scenes at Taisaku Sentai Pod Ranger? (laughs) I'm incredible. How
0: dare you? I'm incredibly happy, sir. I love how I I enjoy, I've enjoyed how the show has gone so far. Uh, I mean, Rito's a pain in the ass, but that's.
1: (laughs) Neither Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot you're stealing yourself because you're expecting Rito to show up uh, for Kaka Ranger. I'm I'm
0: traumatized is more trauma traumatized is more like it.
1: (laughs) He hasn't even shown up. We haven't even recorded Kaka Ranger yet, and you're already traumatized.
0: I'm already (laughs) traumatized, but before this episode goes too far, uh well let's just say it just goes too far. Thank you. listeners with attitude uh for listening to this episode and as always may you never have to defend your warlord planet destroying sister in court
1: i believe the term you're looking for is war lady sir and may you love your spouse enough to descend into the underworld for them and may the power protect you
0: Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchand.
1: If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at the Pod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcatchers.
0: The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore r underscore illustrations.
1: Our theme song was created by J.P. Gant. Follow him on Twitter at SD. We also use tracks from Super Sentai Complete Works 30th Anniversary Album. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no
0: association with Toei Company Limited, Savant Entertainment, or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya!
1: This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2023, Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC. Ha ha!